to Telling the Tale. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and I'm here with Dustin Jackson. Hello, it's me, Dustin Jackson. So this is the podcast. Dustin, I'm, I'm sure you know this. This is the podcast where we go through every single episodic Telltale video game, and in a couple of cases, non-episodic Telltale video games, and play them all and tell you all about them, because someone has to, we've decided. I guess that was sort of on us to choose that's true i i have heard that we we do that on that show before yeah yeah we have done in the past two seasons of the walking dead and we are now hitting the uh the designated midpoint of the walking dead the michonne would you call this a mini series a mini yeah I, I i think it was billed as a mini series okay yeah uh Michonne is a character from the main continuity of the uh, of the original Walking Dead comics and the TV show based on those comics, which is not usually where we are in the Walking Dead games, but we're here now. And uh, Dustin, what, what do you think of this woman? Um, Michonne. I think she's. I, I think she's great from what little we've seen. I feel like they do a really good job of uh, selling the character. Before I played it, I thought she was just going to be another, like, Molly or uh, Jane type. Where Oh, she's just, like, good at everything and that's all there is to her. Uh, that's selling the... That's selling at least Jane a little short, but uh, that is kind of the impression I got was she is uh, tough. She can really handle herself, and that's true, but I think it really does a good job of selling uh, her vulnerabilities as well. Yeah, so this is episode one of the Walking Dead Michonne miniseries, episode one in too deep. Released February 23rd, <laughs> 2016. 2016! We're getting pretty 2016. modern. You know, you know what's funny? Uh, the title's called In Too Deep. That's what I was thinking when we started this episode of the podcast. There ain't no going back now. Going back on, on recording the episode? <laughs> oh, no, I just mean the podcast in general. We're in too deep. Yeah, it would be weird to stop now. <laughs> One episode into Michonne? <laughs> I think the only reason, like, if we just suddenly stopped, if we just agreed with each other, I think we should stop. The only reason a listener who doesn't know us could imagine that we did that for is probably like, oh, they must hate each other now. <laughs> <laughs> what happened between this week and last week? Uh, just to finish off the the uh, due diligence we have in, in talking about each episode, episode one in too deep was written by Megan Thornton and Nicole Martinez. It was designed by Chris Hawkabout, Emily Garrison, and Grady Standard, and directed by Kent Muddle. So, worth noting, so uh, Megan Thornton got a writing credit, Chris Hawkabout got a design credit, but in the opening cinematic, it says that Walking Dead Michonne, not episode one necessarily, like the whole thing, is a telltale story by Megan Thornton and Chris Hawkabout. So they're, they're leading this charge. Those are names... I feel like I would have remembered both of them. Uh, I don't think we've seen. I don't think so either. They're 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 newish names, especially Hawkabout. That's a very new name. Yeah, I I would remember a name like that coming up. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a good name. Yeah, 
So we are now in... We, we did skip ahead a little bit because I think things like... what um, I think uh, Game of Thrones and first season of Minecraft Story Mode are before Michonne, technically. So we're, we're skipping ahead in the years just to kind of go back to The Walking Dead. Because I was feeling it. I was, I was feeling it was time to go back to Walking Dead. Um, yeah. Can I can I just say, Mitchell, yeah. after after New Tales from the Borderlands, I won't hang on this too much. We're done with that. But boy, is this just a breath of fresh air. Even just jumping back into this miserable, awful world. <laughs> it, it, it it felt like two princes from the, the from Spin Doctors was playing in my head. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of know what you, you're talking about because I have this thing with The Walking Dead. We've now done... Let's see. First season was technically six episodes with a hundred days. Second season was five, so that's eleven. Uh, and now we've done a twelfth. We've done twelve Walking Dead episodes. Yeah. And every time we do them, I keep thinking like, "Oh, nice! I'm gonna go back into the Walking Dead. We're gonna uh, see these uh, these characters and like this design philosophy that I've really come to appreciate." And yeah. then I start playing and I'm like, oh, I forget how sad it is every time. And I forget how the actual act of playing it is far from uh, fun, which is, <laughs> I think we've talked about how how fun is, it, it's a goal for video games, right? It's, it's not the goal you need to have, especially yeah. in a game like Walking Dead. They've got other um, artistic aspirations outside of fun. But it does slow me down just when I, I put the controller in my hands and I even see like the Walking Dead Definitive Edition menu pop up and I see Clementine's house from the first episode and it's just so, such a bummer. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do really like how they, so this collection, the Definitive Collection came out after everything and I like that they take Clementine's house and just cover it in vines and overgrowth just showing like, how much time has passed from that first episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's a great. I mean, it's a great product. It does crash anytime you get an achievement. <laughs> you know what's funny? I actually did not get that this time. Oh, like, nice! Just this one time. I it has happened to me before, so I know it is there. No, I mean, I was I, I was dreading it. But every I, time since we started season two, um. We would get to the end of an episode and it would give us the achievement, which is that is the only achievement getting in this collection, by the way. It's just you get one for finishing an episode. Yeah. And then uh, it would usually pop on the choices screen and then it would just crash. Uh, That's happened for me every time since season two. I was hoping because it didn't happen in season one. It was just a season two thing. But now it's happened for Michonne as well. I remember it happening to me when I was replaying season one on this collection and it happened a few times in season two. I don't know what makes it do it and what makes it not do it because there were a couple times where it just didn't crash. Like, I'm so thankful that it didn't crash when I finished season one. Like, it was this whole thing where I remember how angry I was that the other collection I played it on just didn't have the song take us back on it. Yeah. This version does, but I would have been real upset if I got uh, screwed out of that because it crashes. Yeah, not not to throw around any specifics because I 
as a game developer have a lot of uh, respect for other game developers. It's always a difficult job, no matter what yeah. kind of game it is. But there are a lot of examples, again, not, not saying any specifics, when something has the phrase definitive edition on it and is not. Uh, for in, for various reasons, you can point to various parts of the product and say, well, this is clearly not the best version of this thing because this part is worse or that part is worse. Right. And it, it, it definitely devalued the, uh, the phrase definitive edition. It made me not trust it when I see it. In fact, it happens so often, it might have had the opposite effect on me of thinking oh it says a definitive edition i'll just get the one that doesn't say that (laughs) oh yeah we'll see about that i'm going with this one all of that is to say the walking dead definitive edition is really good it's yeah a great definitive edition yeah besides the crashes i would say everything else is great yeah and, and to be clear there are no other crashes it's just right when you end an episode before when you would have gotten credits yeah it, it'll sometimes crash there because that's where when the achievement pops up i uh because i like to write down the writers and designers and director i go to the menu to watch the credits before i even play the wow. episode so i did get the credits anyway this time good job thank you bud uh, do they do they have like in credits for each individual episode yeah cool that that's good because I, you know, different people working on each one, right? Yeah. Not only that, but it, it they sometimes have different songs, which isn't that big a deal in the grand scheme of things. But sometimes you want to know mm-hmm. what song it has and if it crashes. Like if they just have like a credits for the whole game, I don't want that. I mean, th- that's cool too, I guess. But I, I like being able to know who did what on specific episodes. This might be my memory tricking me, but with new Tales from the Borderlands, I'm pretty sure that if you play the credits from the menu versus actually playing them from finishing the game, you get different songs. Really? Yeah, because when I finished the game, uh, the first song in the credits was by Lewis Cole, and I, I really like Lewis Cole, so I recognized the song immediately, but that was not the first time I'd seen the credits. Right. Uh, because I looked at it in the menu, and I'm pretty sure when I looked at it in the menu, it was just, like, some different song that I did not recognize. Interesting. That That's so weird. That adds a little wrinkle to uh, new the the many mysteries of new Tales from the Borderlands. Yeah, that was the only time I've seen that, though. Old Tales from the Borderlands, which is a funny name to call it. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I, I always got the same credits, because I, I did the same thing. I, I always look at the credits first um, if they have them in the menu for me to access. You know what? Something so funny about this whole Borderlands series. Um, so last week, I took my roommates to Best Buy. Uh, what, what a time. What a, what a fun time for the family. It, it is because we don't go very often. Like, it's not close to our house. So every time we go, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's it's kind of nice to just walk around Best Buy a little bit. But uh, I, I was in the Switch games. You're getting to that dadly age. That's a that's a dadly vibe. 
Oh man, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can you're, you can't just say things like it's fun to walk around the Best Buy. <laughs> well, I mean, I I've, I've always felt like that. It's just kind of fun to like walk and look at the video games and DVDs and be like, "Oh yeah, I might want to get that sometime." And not that I mean, their DVD section is like a fifth of what it used to be. Yeah, but I, in my in my mind, I do kind of know what you're talking about because when I go to Best Buy, it's like a different it's almost a little disappointing, not like yeah. so much, but it's because in my mind's eye, I see the rows and rows and rows of Tomb Raider for PC uh, <laughs> that I saw maybe twice when I was a kid. But for some reason, I just think, yeah, that's what Best Buy is. There, you can get Tomb Raider there. The same way <laughs> They're the I think Tomb Raider of the store. toy aisles in Target, I think of all uh-huh. the Bionicles that aren't there anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, now the Toys R Us isn't there anymore. No, the toy aisle in Target. Oh, I th- for some reason I thought you said Toys R Us. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's um, where I got my Bionicles. <laughs> that's cool. I like that story. It's not even but... a story, I'd say. But... <laughs> but, so we were at Best Buy. Yeah. And I, I'm in the Switch games, and I see new Tales from the Borderlands for the Switch. And it has a sticker that says, uh, includes Tales from the Borderlands. And my first thought wasn't, oh, I could play new Tales from the Borderlands on my Switch. My first thought was, oh, I could buy this and get Tales from the Borderlands on my Switch. Hmm. Uh, Is Tales from the Borderlands purchasable separately on Switch? I'm not sure. I would have to assume so. I I don't think that... Because I think that's how it works on PlayStation and Xbox is it just downloads it separately. So I I would assume you can just buy it on its own on the eShop. But if that's not a massive uh like tech downgrade, that would be a great Switch game. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I have no idea how well it runs. Could be great. I I could imagine it be being fine, but uh Yeah, I've I haven't heard like anything about Telltale games on Switch. Yeah, hard to say with Switch ports. It, it Oftentimes it's you can barely tell, and then other times it you can absolutely a lot tell. Yeah, I, I I guess it. I guess with Telltale games, it just really I can't imagine them running that bad. But uh, who knows? So what what else did you get at Best Buy? Oh, I was just taking them there for something. I wasn't getting anything, but it was just nice to look around and be like. Ah, video games. There's not a lot of stores that, like, appeal to my interests. Best Buy is one of them? Yeah, I mean, they have video games and movies and such, but, Ooh. like, there there used to be, like, so many other places that just shut down. Yeah, I always feel about GameStop whenever I go to a GameStop. It's like, I video games are my thing, and I go to the, the one currently existing store that specializes in them. And I feel so ousted from my own thing, you know? It's, wow, how come? It's so uncomfortable. I, th- I think the, the TVs that they have constantly playing on a loop their own made-up news channel <laughs> uh, about video game advertisements, that's wild, right? It feels like you're in a different world. Yeah, one time I, I went there and I saw uh, them talking about the game I'm working on. And that was like, okay, this is too weird. I got to go home. <laughs> I got to get out of here. <laughs> I got to get out of here. Uh, there's that. <laughs> there's the fact that like 
they, they are now designed to have the absolute least amount of hangoutitude, which I think in the like the early to mid 2000s that made sense because you wanted teenagers loitering there less because they were imagining there's this flow of people that are coming through the door to buy our product, pay us money and leave. But now that is not the case. You don't have yeah. like a, a line waiting at the door eagerly to enter the GameStop. You have people who you want to be there so much. Just like if you hang out here for two more minutes, maybe I can convince you to buy a shirt. Like that's that's the <laughs> new vibe. But it, yeah, we have this Goku shirt. Come on. Yeah, yeah, you just bought Minecraft Story Mode on PS4. You should buy this Goku shirt. You seem like the kind of person who loves Dragon Ball Z if you're playing Minecraft Story Mode. Yeah, and I'd have to say you're right, but you, not for the reasons you think. <laughs> <laughs> you just grab them and squeeze their face. You're so close. <laughs> but like, tell me if this is true about your GameStop, but it's always okay. like thin. It's, it's, a, it's a thin store, wall to wall. Yeah. It, it's long, it's like deep. It's thin and deep. Yeah, I that I I get what you're saying. Yeah, they 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 can't just have a store with like space to be in anymore. They have to, I guess, find the thinnest spaces between a vitamin shop and a Ruby Tuesdays in order to house <laughs> their video game sales. And, uh, and and then it's even thinner inside because they have like all the stuff in the middle of the floor, like all the merchandise yeah, yeah. shelves. And, you and really got to uh, maneuver yourself around. Th- their collection of old games is basically gone. Yeah, that would that yeah. would be the points, and now it's now it doesn't exist anymore. So even though there's a there are in my town, um, the, I think there are two operating GameStops still in in the the city of where I live. Okay, almost almost docks myself. I caught it. <laughs> I, I <laughs> Good think job. I'm public about where I live. I don't think that's. <laughs> new information but safe there there's there's two game stops and i always uh don't go to them because <laughs> i would rather just buy it at target because even though target is not optimized for video games specifically they just have a better it just feels better to go to target uh in every I, way. I do like going to target uh especially okay the worst thing about gamestop is you can buy a new game it's it's new prices it says new on it it's considered a new good but they've like opened up the shrink wrap opened up the case taken the disc out and put in put the disc in an envelope and stored it in their drawers separately yeah. from the case mm-hmm. that is not what new is yeah you've you've made it pre-owned yeah <laughs> yeah that's the worst so like it e- is even if tar- even if gamestop was a, a brilliantly comfortable and inviting environment which it is not um i would still probably rather just go to target because yeah. they don't do that i it sucks because i feel like if i think gamestop still like takes in old games Oh yeah, for sure. Or, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they. Oh, okay. Uh, they I do haven't still done it have old time, games, but... but like they don't have old games for older systems. They they don't even. Um, uh, like Wii U is basically gone already. Yeah. And well, well, that's what I'm saying. I think you can still like trade them in, but I think they just sell them like on their site. I well, I don't even know if they still do that. I remember for a while they would take in like. Uh, 
like Game Boy games and N64 games for a while. I, I don't even know if they still do that. No, the ones, the old games that they have, that they sell pre-owned, they do put them on the shelves if they are for the current systems. Yeah, that's lame. Uh, yeah. Because... I could just go, s- I, I, I guess, I I don't know, maybe sometimes I just want to play a game but don't want to pay f- f- new full price for it, which sucks, but I'm a man with limited money. Yeah, we have this other used game, I guess we don't want to talk about Michonne. We have this other used game <laughs> store in in our town that it's like a like a specialty shop, not a chain, and uh, it it has games from from all ages. In fact, it doesn't have very many things that are newer than like Xbox three sixty. Um, yeah, and and that, that's I, cool I like place places like that. Yeah, it's just nice to see like you could find some hidden gems. Yeah, every now and again, like like a couple times a year, really at most though. I'll go there and I'll buy like a Game Boy Advance game and I'm kind of, I, I I want the game. It's not like I'm just throwing money around, but I'm kind of doing it mostly just because like, I'd like you to stay in business and this is not enough for <laughs> to do it. But like, I, I can say I participated in the, the effort. Uh, I helped you out here. Remember what I did for you today. Yeah, because like it's always better to do online is the thing because these stores uh, that used to be the good deals where you could find rare stuff now are basically integrated online entirely as well. So now they aren't going to like have anything super rare at a reasonable reasonable price either. You're basically seeing internet's prices in real life and yeah. it's all standardized i can't believe i can't believe that banjo pilot for the game boy advance not the best banjo game out there not even the best like, banjo game on the game boy advanced yeah that's true <laughs> that's going for like 50 dollars on ebay that one that one is is kind of a rarity so i kind of get it but even things that were totally totally around and very purchasable like paper mario the thousand year door that was not rare that was not uncommon by any stretch it's it's gotten to like a hundred dollars or more that's uh, uh, that makes me (laughs) upset you got so angry that you just became a horse for a second i was gonna say i got so upset that it made me a horse (laughs) should we talk about michonne I guess we can get around to it. No, I, I enjoyed <laughs> Sorry, it a lot. Listener, I had a good time with this episode. Yeah, I, I liked it enough. I guess my take uh, to, to high level it a little bit was it certainly reminded me we're back in Walking Dead, but I don't know if I got anything out of this episode that felt um, nearly as interesting as anything in The Walking Dead we've played so far. It feels like a setup episode. Part of it is because it feels really short. It kind of feels like maybe there could have been like one more act that gets something big moving. Yeah. But it really, it, it feels like it's just kind of setting up what's going to happen. Which is fine if it if it happens. So for a bit of chronological um, context here, this came out about a year and a half after season two ended. So That's a long time. Well, it was it's a long time for a show. Yeah. For a video game it's it's pretty fast, but for an episodic game like this, especially how season 2 of The Walking Dead really came right on the trails 
of season one of The Walking Dead. A year and a half between season two and Michonne is kind of a lot. Yeah. Um, but it came out in 2016, and only like a few months later in 2016, uh, the season three proper started. I always get I don't I don't know why, but I for some reason I always think this came after season three, which which isn't right. But I it, I would guess the reason you think that is probably because you played season three and not this. That's probably exactly it. I'm glad we solved it. Uh, Good job. <laughs> we got a regular Scooby Doo here. So I I'm wondering if the if the feeling at the time was just that um, fans of the series of the game series wanted more of the stuff of the walking dead like maybe this is the i'm not saying this is true or not this is just like i'm imagining a boardroom at telltale feeling this way right uh they they have a a plan for season three but they they're not going to get it out that early it's going to be later in 2016 so Mm -hmm. what can we do that's maybe a little cheaper and it's just enough to get you more of the stuff so we can sell a product (laughs) in the walking dead series (laughs) Uh, <laughs> I like I like that wording. More of the stuff. Well, yeah, because that's that's sort of that's sort of how I felt about it. Because the the writing was great. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The characters and and setting I thought was really cool. We'll talk about the setting of Monroe, but I really yeah. like this area. Same. Um, the 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 concept with some of the stuff earlier in the episode with the uh, like just the psychic issues that she's having, Michonne's having. It's a very cool thing. I don't know if that's ripped straight from the comic or if it's new to this game, but it it's a cool thing regardless. Yeah. Um But it it does feel like oh, you you have a hankering for some more Walking Dead stuff. More so than the very specific vision and points that I got out of or or I felt like the uh, first two seasons of the regular game we're making. Right. I get, I get what you mean. And uh, I feel like there's nothing wrong with that. Like no. just getting some more walking dead out there, but I, I, I definitely uh, see what you mean. Yeah. And like any telltale series, it will entirely depend on how it ends. We've learned that that is the new metric <laughs> that we have to rely on. <laughs> uh, I did. Ever ever since we've finished Walking Dead season one, and we brought this up especially with both of the Borderlands series we covered, um, that's that's just something we need to think about now. It's just a matter of whether or not they stick the landing. We've we kind of came to expect like some lulls in the middle. We've come to expect, um, I think, spectacular in in the official definition of the word spectacular, like very focused on spectacle. Yeah, first episodes, a three episode lull, (laughs) (laughs) and then a final episode that either brings it all together or doesn't. And that's that's the 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 very framework that we found. uh, Yeah. And and when we say lull episodic and more serial. And we when we say lull for that middle part, it doesn't mean they're like bad. Like sometimes, yeah. Just in comparison great, to the episode one, yeah, 
Yeah, they want the high points to be the beginning and the end. And and sometimes it doesn't necessarily play out in that order. I I think uh Tales from Monkey Island just gets better and better as it goes, but it's become a pattern like after that, I guess, like in the more like Walking Dead onward. Yeah, yeah. Uh because like Sam and Max, I feel like every episode has a potential to be the episode. Uh, yeah, because it, it it's helps. so episodic. Yeah, just the way it's structured. Let's that that is kind of exciting. That's not really something I thought about at the time, but I like that Sam and Max can just like peek anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, like like with um with season one, there's like a valley and then a peak and then it ends. It so it's not even a bell curve or or not even a a. a a slope or anything it's like a sine wave it's got a bunch of yeah. peaks and valleys and and that's something you can do when every episode is like okay i guess now we're max is the president and then we're in a video game <laughs> and then we're on the moon <laughs> <laughs> and uh and things like the walking dead michonne will need to be a lot more grounded yeah uh, but this is also the first and, and only to my knowledge, three episode season we're going to see. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't think any others are that short. Yeah, the uh, things like Bone are only two, but Bone is only two because it's unfinished, not because it wanted to be. Yeah, they boned out. Yeah, they really boned out from Boneville on that one. <laughs> so this is the uh, this is the shortest one that feels exactly. Like, it was planned to be like this, and I'm, I'm interested to see how they land it. Uh, yeah. I, I found out that this is supposed, the entire miniseries is supposed to take place between issues 126 and 139 of the the comic series. Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. I don't know why. I've never read the comics, but I'm going to believe it. So, in in issue 126... Uh Michonne, who was part of Rick Grimes, the main character, uh, his posse. He was she was traveling with them for a while. Right. Um, She says, you know what? I'm out. I'm doing something different. And I'm going (laughs) to long. And in issue 139 of the comics, she comes back and rejoins the party. Uh, So in that 13 issue gap, she is gone. And so this is, is, the story this is supposed to be that's awesome i i like that i like taking like a chunk of a comic and saying like this is what happened yeah this it, is what you didn't see it does make this game feel very canon i guess they they've always said that the the games the telltale games are canon to the comic series but like because they're taking places in different uh, parts of the country and with different characters for the most part they're not going to it's not going to matter that much it's it's not like the characters are going to show up in the show or comic but it it is cool that it's still considered canon with them yeah but this is like it's it's not even a gap in the show as much it's a gap in the comic that we're yeah. targeting so it's really specifically supposed to be um an elucidation of a character in the comic which is cool cool idea uh if you if you were thinking i wonder if in that 
boardroom, that very fancy telltale boardroom where people talk about what games they should make. Um, I wonder if they were like disappointed that they couldn't be considered part of the main Walking Dead story and this is a way to get in there or if Mm -hmm. like how that conversation came up maybe it was a recommendation from the the author because I know the author of the comics is like super super happy with how the games turned out yeah I I could see that definitely um it's just a cool idea I I had no idea about that now I'm like okay that makes me even with no connection to the comics, I don't want to go out and read all of the Walking Dead comics, but it's still just, uh, it's cool that they're able to fill in that gap. So Dustin, I think we've talked about this before. We might have even talked about this earlier this episode. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but I'm oh, going to yeah, ask you again because story. that's the style of podcast that we've developed over the years now. Literal years. Right. Um, isn't that weird? <laughs> that's, Yeah. We started in 2021. And now we're in 2023? Are you kidding me with this? Uh, the question I am asking that you've definitely talked about on the show before, but I'm just going to do again, is what is your relationship to the comic and the show of The Walking Dead? Um, None. You've never seen <laughs> a single episode? I think I've seen like an episode a long time ago and just didn't didn't entice me enough to stick around i guess uh not to say anything against it just Mm -hmm. it's weird to say because i i just didn't watch more because it just wasn't my thing and i i just don't have the time to stick around for things that aren't my thing these days or even back then you know i got work to do yeah that was like 10 Uh, years ago and you still don't have time yeah i i didn't gain more time but um yeah, it's just weird how, like, I won't take the time to sit and watch the show or read the comic, but I did make the time to play these games. Well, I, I think that in the world of comics, The Walking Dead will be remembered, like, maybe maybe this is dismissive, but I think that it'll be remembered, like, pretty fondly. In the world of television, it will be remembered as schlocky. And, right and kind of like oh uh, you know put put on some trash let's 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 veg out and watch some walking dead that kind of let's see some people get killed by zombies yeah like I, I it'll definitely be remembered as a thing that people liked but there are a lot of those and i don't know if it's going to stand the test of time as like a classic whereas the game yeah. is and the, in the world of games the walking dead game is much higher in prestige than any of the other walking dead things in their fields. So I think I, it makes a lot of sense to focus yeah. on the games. It's funny. Just today, I was watching a Watch Mojo list. Uh, I know not a lot of people love those, but I was watching one that was uh, top 10 saddest video game deaths. Okay. And uh, can you guess what number one on the list was? Lee. It was definitely Lee. Okay. I was trying to think if there was any other deaths in The Walking... Like, Kenny, maybe? Uh, but but Lee. Maybe, but even that, it, it doesn't compare to Lee. That scene just yeah. tore people apart. Plus, Kenny didn't have to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I, I was just going through the list thinking, like, oh, Lee might be, like, somewhere on this list. I'm just gonna, like, fast forward through it and see if he is. But no, number one 
on the list. I mean, if you if you asked me that question without priming me to think about The Walking Dead, I'd probably guess um, Aerith. Aerith, Aerith was Final number Fantasy two. Seven. Oh wow! Okay. Good job. Wow. Can I? I'll get. I want to guess. You've now, got your finger on now. the pulse. Let's see how I, much I can remember. Okay. Saddest video game deaths. Number three. Oh, it's not coming to me. Uh, <laughs> is there a is there a sad Halo one? Like, uh, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there a sad well, is there a sad Majora's Mask one? Well, neither of those are it. <laughs> okay. Do you, you remember it? You remember number three? I have the video up right now. Give give so. me give me a very vague hint as to the game it's from. It's very popular. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Is it when I died when I was trying to win a game of Fortnite? Um, and I think that might that might have been in like the top ten, but it's not number three. Is there, wait, was there really a top ten of like when you lose at Fortnite or something? No, <laughs> that was that was me being a jackass to you. <laughs> that would be funny though. That'd be a that would be an interesting interpretation of how to <laughs> top ten <laughs> saddest like Fortnite deaths. <laughs> That one time when I was totally going to win, but I was trying to scratch my finger, so I took my hand off the controller for a second and lost. <laughs> Do you agree with our list? Let us know in the comments. Oh, for me, uh, uh, Super Paper Mario, spoilers, but Tippy? Oof. Yeah, Super Paper Mario was not on the list. Damn. Okay, yeah, you should just tell me. Uh, so spoilers, uh, plenty of people played this, but still spoiler warning anyway. Uh, it's Sarah Miller from The Last of Us. Oh, The Last of Us. Okay, I wouldn't even have guessed that character, but yeah, I, I should have thought The Last of Us as a, a classically sad video game. Right. Uh, but I, I, I was thinking like something from The Last of Us would be up there so i was happy to see walking dead uh top the list yeah it just slipped my mind that that game even existed for a second but if i thought about it i think <laughs> i think i would remember I it think i would remember it exists if i thought about it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so here, here's a couple game layer stuff game layer notes i, I okay. have just about the game itself do tell um one i thought that the Dream sequence was very stylized and very interesting looking and cool until I remembered that I had graphic black on. Yeah. So I went to the menu and turned it off and then it was regular, which was fine. But <laughs> I thought it was a stylistic choice at first. That's so funny you say that because my very, my very first note is, uh, holy shit, graphic black is way too much. Yeah, because, so there, there's a dream sequence that starts the episode, and it's Michonne dealing with the fact that she uh, lost her kids in some way. She had two children. Yeah. And she lost them in some way to the uh, the, the zombie apocalypse. Uh, right, like, they, they don't tell you exactly what happened, but you can make some educated guesses. Yeah, and you, you actually just might know, if you follow yeah. the comics, what happened, but... You might know more than us, but I think it does a good job of conveying just 
something happened and you can probably guess what uh yeah so like in this dream sequence she's alternating between fighting a bunch of zombies in an outside environment and then it'll just cut to her in the same sort of position but she's inside a very dark apartment and the dark apartment was basically black and i thought that was on purpose uh it it would make sense to do that because it's all dreamy and, and scary yeah if if it was if it was just like that like if that's just the way it was then it would be cool. It would be a cool way to stylize, yeah. like, uh, hallucinations she's having. But it was, in fact, just the setting that I forgot to turn off. <laughs> yeah, and then I turned it off and I was like, oh, I can actually see the room now. Yeah, uh, it was fine. I mean, I, I I, only turned it off after the dream sequence, like, right after. So right. Um, it, it suddenly became normal. Honestly... If you're going to play this episode after hearing this podcast, I'd recommend that. Keep it on for the dream sequence, and when she wakes up, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it, it definitely uh, helps sell it a little more. Yeah. You, you, on the subject of the graphic black, um, what? so when playing the other two seasons, yeah. I would constantly flip back and forth between graphic black and no graphic black just to see, just to compare how they look. Yeah. But, uh... In this, not so much, because that pause menu goes a lot slower when you have the animations of the characters turning around every time you select one of the options. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, I just did not have the patience. Like, it's not like it's even that long. It's like maybe... It's like two seconds. One... Yeah, it's like two seconds, but still that really dissuaded me from wanting to switch back and forth. I just left graphic black off. Yeah, I, I that didn't if i was switching back and forth i would probably notice that more but i think i only just switched it off the one time yeah uh, like it, it's just since it's something i had been doing i was like okay well i guess i'm just not gonna be doing that here which is fine you know it's not like it hurt the experience of the episode or anything there's a lot of things with graphic black that are interesting and and cool looking when applied to a season like this and this is still in the season one and two style where it isn't graphic black by default yet yeah um i is season three i don't know about season three i know season four is i'm not sure actually i'm not sure about season three but i will say after watching my roommates replay it last year um i don't think season three looks very good like they do some stuff with how the characters and world looks that i just don't like so i might play that with graphic black on just to see if it helps at all interesting uh yeah i i don't you know what's interesting uh season four the the final season is designed with that aesthetic mm. in mind i wonder if we still have the option to turn it off Oh, you know what? I didn't even think about that. That that is interesting. I wonder. Yeah, I I I really wonder about that. I would assume no, but I don't know. Yeah, I I I might play it with graphic black just because it was the way it was intended, like made for. Uh, but I feel like it's very hit and miss with the other seasons, like because some shots do look really cool with it. But I feel like when you're in, like, a dark room and there's lots of shadows, it, it just dominates way too much. Yeah, and, and it dominates way too much in a way that, like, you have to be okay with that. Uh, and, yeah, and I'm, so, I'm, like, I think that's why it worked in that dream sequence, sort of. Yeah. Because that was, that was a time period. But, like, 
later on you're you're on a boat and you have a a friend named pete who's the captain of the boat and mm-hmm. i'm looking at pete's eyes with the graphic black on and like the the shadow just doesn't work there's like vertical lines extending all the way over his eyelid to down below his eye and i'm like yeah. well, why that's just the shader messing up and exactly. it's like it's not the worst thing in the world but really they made a shader that makes things look cooler about 85 percent of the time which sounds like yeah. a lot and is it's very impressive not to take anything away from it but it does mean that on screen at any given time, 15% of the things look bad, which is a lot. Yeah, it, it, it's enough that I just usually turn off the graphic black. Like, it's distracting. Yeah, it, like, I... It, the further along we get in the series, the more surprised I am that they were fine with it. Like, just putting it all over their pretty otherwise beautiful video games yeah because it's not it simply doesn't completely gel it is not made for that graphic style um Mm -hmm. but you can just have it as a choice uh there there needs i bet there's someone who was at the studio who was like campaigning for it since the beginning and then finally got it near the end and is now excited to put it over the other stuff even though it's it wasn't made for it yeah and it, it i've it, it's too bad because it, i just it really benefits in some scenes but yeah if if it's if it's just gonna be a detriment it, something else i've said it before i feel like it does a disservice to the colors in this game oh which yeah, yeah 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 might which might be you know like this is a pretty grim world and story so i'm sure some people get more out of that but like, well, there's a lot of think, naturalistic colors in this game. Yeah. It's very uh, a lot of earth tones, a lot of leaf greens and stuff like that. And that to me makes it feel more gritty and real because if it actually looked grittier in the like gr- 2008 Dark Knight Gears of War <laughs> kind of vibe uh, of gritty, it would look less real and, and less down to earth. And I, I think empathizing with the characters in this world on a human level is the biggest point that we have right it's like yeah. the 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 biggest thing in favor of the walking dead it makes everything else about it work so getting rid of that agreed natural colors is tough yeah but i am glad they give you the option to turn it off like that was the big reason i didn't get the definitive edition right away I thought the graphic black was just something you couldn't turn off. I thought it was, like, permanent. And once I heard you could turn it off, that's when I was like, all right, I'll get it. Yeah, it's it's a great product. Yeah. It's a great product. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, bud. <laughs> uh, so in that dream sequence, she's alternating between inside the apartment with her two kids that she will have lost in some way we don't know unfortunately how but we can assume standard zombie business you know the huge the huge and uh and the outside which we now which we'll later find out is a real memory of hers of when she put a gun to her head and then was rescued by pete 
Right. It's interesting that they give you the option to pull the trigger. Yeah. So we have the option of pulling the trigger or not. Either way, Pete is going to step in. And, and it, I, I chose to pull the trigger because I was, frankly... Oh, good. <laughs> uh, I was, frankly, interested in what ha- what happened. <laughs> Yeah, I was too. I chose not to pull the trigger, but I was like morbidly curious. I was like, would it just be like a an instant game over? No. Uh, so Pete runs up and like grabs your arm and throws it in the air. And as you're pulling the trigger, like it shoots into the sky instead. Okay. Um, that makes sense. And then you 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 wake up like immediately after that. What what See, happens that's... with not pulling the trigger? You just don't. You just lower the gun, and then uh, you hear Pete in the distance coming for you, like, asking if you're okay. Oh, gotcha. Um, uh, so yeah. either either one works, I think, but I, I'm i very glad that that's a lot better than what I thought it was going to be, which was just, you choose to pull the trigger, you do, she dies, game over, try again <laughs> and pick the different one. <laughs> I, I honestly would respect that. I, <laughs> uh, But yeah, I, I've, I, I was thinking about it, and... You know, if I was in a zombie apocalypse and they just kept coming for me like that, and I was literally on my own, completely alone, um, yeah, I might. I'm I'm not saying I wouldn't. I don't know. I'd like to keep thinking that there's a chance for me out there, but this is what the world is now, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would. I feel like that might hurt. <laughs> I, I really don't think it would. <laughs> well it, it probably it, wouldn't matter if it hurt it would hurt for the smallest amount of time yeah then it would be fine yeah uh and, and i'm i'm glad that they put a choice here i kind of feel like my choice here might be more canon i don't know um mm, of, of giving i see how this, it is this moment well <laughs> uh <laughs> there's, there's a lot of things later in the episode where they talk about it and uh, th- right. Th- there's there's a a few pretty big instances of uh, Michonne either thanking Pete for like saving her, or you have the option to like not show gratitude or or other things like that, and it, that feels like the moment. But instead, and like it it gives the player a, a bit of a reprieve and a, an ability to. Uh, I think exercise their own beliefs there because I think that is such a serious thing. That's a, a lot of people right. have such triggers around that for good reason uh, mm-hmm. that they wouldn't want to play in a story where that is what happened. But that does kind of feel like that was Telltale's first idea for what can happen here. And then they gave the the player the chance to avoid it. Right. Yeah. Which I, I, I think is very respectful of them. That's respectful of the players' tolerances and abilities to withstand certain kinds of storytelling. Yeah, that that's very cool. Um, what else is very cool is that the toy from the Devil's Playhouse is in the flashback. So, is that from the Devil's Playhouse? Specifically? Yes, it's straight. It's straight up the. It's Troy, the Chthonic Destroyer from the Devil's Playhouse. So, uh, yeah, yeah. There's three toys that i guess michonne's kids had and they show up everywhere because she's kind of having delusions brought on by Mm -hmm. guilt i i suppose of losing her kids yeah and uh it is mr mr grumple for the bear (laughs) chompy the dino and uh robo the robot yeah which one's your favorite although it 
Well, I have that connection to Troy. It still says Troy on his chest. Uh, but I like all three of those. Give them a game. Yeah. Um, my favorite. Have is, it be like Toy Story. My favorite is uh, Chompy because when you <laughs> there, there's a scene later on where you uh, hallucinate seeing the three toys on the boat when you're on a one of the boats. Uh huh. And. If you you can click on one of them and Michonne will comment on one of them and you only get to to do the one for whatever reason like it makes you pick which one you want to comment on and I picked I wish that was one of the choices at the end <laughs> yeah uh, I I picked Chompy and Michonne goes Chompy the Dino <laughs> very good delivery on that line I, I like what that a thing lot. to say yeah that's great yeah I picked uh, Robo. How can I not? I just have that. It, it, it appealed to me. It, it's one of those things yeah. where if anyone in the room, I would look at them and say, I know who that is. Yeah. For a story that is like supposed to be less telltale and more about the working in the guts of the canon of The Walking Dead, there's a lot of telltale references in this. Yeah. The the classic Benang later on. Yeah. This is one of the most prominent examples of Benang. Yeah, you're actually able to pick it up. Uh, you don't, like, use it for anything, but you can pick it up and put it in your duffel bag. Yeah, it's like the only time I remember Benang being an inventory item. <laughs> and it's in Michonne. Is Benang an inventory item in Sam and Max ever? Yeah, I, I think in season two, Moai Better Blues, don't you need it for, like, the, yeah, the ritual? Yeah, you, you put it in the sea monkey thing. Yeah, but that makes sense for Sam and Max since that's what Benang is from. But here in The Walking Dead, that's wow, <laughs> wow, we <laughs> not just not to spoil what my golden moment is. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm really excited to see whether or not Benang shows up in the Expanse and The Wolf Among Us too, because that will be I think that'll be the test. Of whether or not <laughs> this new Telltale is is really the successor to Telltale. That's whether or not they get it. Proof's going to be in the pudding, or in this case, the banana flavored protein supplement. <laughs> was was there Benang in the first Wolf Among Us? I don't remember. Um, I would not be surprised. There's there's a lot of yeah, the later I... Telltale games where I'm not sure if it's been spotted or not, but. Remember how it right. took actual years to find it in Borderlands? Oh, was it in Borderlands? Yeah. It's already been so long. There's Did a, we find it? Uh, I found it. There's a... I think it's in episode 5 of Tales from the Borderlands when Helios crashes. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, oh! And Reese walks into the hallway of like the wreckage and if you get to a certain point there's like a crash that happens and you can either go further uh which requires breaking a uh, like a glass pane mm-hmm. and if you do that uh you're sort of it's like a point of no return but if right. you hear the crash and then turn around and walk back to the entrance of the tunnel uh and then walk to the side and like peek behind a thing you will see the benang in the corner Right. It's, I don't think there's any way I did that. I did it because I knew what I was looking for because I heard about that yeah. before. Okay. Um, that, like, yeah. that was one of the most subtle, most out of the way um, Benang 
or or really any kind of Easter egg in any of these games that I I had a I had ever found because the the crash and then the point of no return are so close you're almost always going to hear the crash and then immediately pass it so you you need to right. purposefully go out of your way in order to go that's why people didn't know Benang was in Tales from the Borderlands for a long time it was a later discovered Easter egg that's awesome yeah so, and it might be it. as difficult as the other Benings we don't know about are so I, I don't know <laughs> Well, I think it's I think after just this, assume every Telltale game has it. And then if we don't see it, we weren't smart enough. <laughs> we we just weren't good enough game players to yeah, be on their level. Yeah, we didn't deserve it that day. You know what? Maybe that's why new Tales from the Borderlands just didn't cut the cheese. <laughs> cut the cheese. Yeah, that's why. Because I don't think Gearbox put Benang in it. And that's their problem. Yeah. That's their issue. Yeah. I know they're not Telltale, but if they're following up on that, they they gotta know. Yeah, maybe maybe they can have orang, and that's an orange flavored benang. I'd be down with like a spiritual successor to the benang empire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah in, in 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 holy deference to the benang. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so let's let's talk plot after Michonne yeah. wakes up. Uh, her captain Pete is working on the radio and after fitzing with it for a little bit, he hears a woman's voice. Uh, it, it, it's pretty muddled and you can't quite make out what she's saying, but she says something about the word mob jack. Yeah. And, and he's specifically listening to find where a couple of his missing friends are. Yeah. He has some missing friends uh, that, as far as I can tell, there's no way to find anything about them this episode, at least. Yeah. And knowing The Walking Dead, they are almost assuredly already dead, but you gotta keep looking. That's what you owe it to the past. You owe it to yeah. the past. Yeah, they they really put us in an inconvenient spot having us to look for them while being already dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're you're on this boat and you're patrolling this area that uh, Pete says a year ago there were tons of manned boats here in this bay and they just aren't here anymore. What's up with that? Where'd right. they go? Uh, they crash on the wreckage of a different boat and they take the rowboat out. By the way, on, on the original boat, there's a there's a bunch of crew members. I, I wrote down their names. It's Michonne and Pete. And then also there's Sadiq, Oak, and Berto. They... I have it. One of the things I wrote down in my notes was they really throw a lot of names out at you. Mm-hmm. And like, that's fine having this many characters. But just in the back of my mind, I'm like, there's no way all of these people are important. <laughs> yeah, there's no way they're all important. And we immediately get separated from Sadiq, Oak and Berto because Pete right. and Michonne go check up on a ferry they found a, a shipwrecked ferry. And, uh, at the inside, it's just gross. But it was gross in a way that I didn't realize at first because uh, it it's just a bunch of dead bodies. And I'm like, yeah, I've seen these. But then they, they get freaked out because they realize they, they were executed. And I was like, oh, maybe I was maybe I've become too desensitized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like they were like walkers or anyone. They were just people chained to doors and just killed while alive. 
Yeah, they were all like stabbed in the head or or something like that. Uh, a, a real massacre of people that were killed while alive, which I guess is everyone, yeah. but it it's an interesting distinction in this universe. Yeah, hate to see it happen. Uh, and and then they check the kitchen of the place, and this is where the real story of the episode starts. Right. They find a duffel bag. There's Benang nearby. It's just out in the open. We we talked about it already. The most visible Benang yet. A real trendsetter <laughs> in the Telltale pantheon. It it it's just right there in in the open on a table. Yeah, it almost felt a little pornographic to just see <laughs> Benang out there. Ooh, I feel dirty, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I was like, are you just, you're just gonna give me the Benang before even making a difficult choice? <laughs> well, okay, Ooh, Michonne. <laughs> Don't right. mind if I do. Yeah, well, you're you're really letting it all hang out, Michonne. <laughs> Not the character, the game. <laughs> uh, so you you find a duffel bag. It's full of very useful stuff. Uh, some food, some bullets, some medicine, some bandages, uh, literally everything you could want in yeah. this universe, right? Gosh, it's almost too good to be true. It is. There's a locker nearby. You hear some rustling in it, and there's a, uh, a, a boy, a teenage boy, holding a gun in the, in the locker. His name is Greg, we come to learn later. And then a girl with a shotgun comes in the room and they they are siblings and they say that they want that duffel bag full of goods from you yeah uh then a bunch of walkers come in and michonne shows off (laughs) her swords her her skill with a sword she's very skilled with a sword yeah just an incredible swordswoman oh speaking of speaking of walkers can i can i rewind a little bit yeah 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 that scene where the walkers attack from the water. Oh, okay, yeah. So on the way to the ferry, their little rowboat gets grabbed by walkers underwater. Yep. Yeah, I was just... Uh, I don't want to say I was scared, but I did jump a little bit. I was like, Ugh. uh Yeah. Because I up till now, haven't hasn't it been a thing like walkers can't swim or something? I guess it's not like that deep and they can just rise up and grab them out of the boat but i wasn't expecting walkers to be in the water i thought i thought like the big reason they were on the water was to be away from the walkers yeah well i i guess this water is only like six feet deep so yeah they can kind of just jump up and grab the side of the boat uh yeah still i i i wasn't expecting it up to this point i just assumed they just stayed out of the water but yeah because there's tons of them in there i i didn't like, this was one of the times where I was like, how the hell are they going <coughs> to get out of this one? Excuse me, I did a sneeze, Dustin. I heard it was a good one. Thanks. Um, I they, They've gone back and forth on, like, the biology of walkers and what's required to live. Because sometimes they say if the head cuts off, that if the head is cut off, they're done. But sometimes you can have heads that are, like, still going on their own. Yeah, I was I was a little confused about that because Michonne is chopping heads off willy-nilly here yeah um and it seems like some of them die but then you like specifically see one that's like still alive and chattering its teeth and then there's the one from season one so i wonder if beheading them does not kill them but it does make them a significantly less of a threat yeah and this is this is kind of the thing with 
the walking dead you kind of just got to get on board with whatever they're saying in the moment about zombies uh which feels bad but it's just the way to in imbibe the franchise uh because they purposefully never get too far into telling you okay is this a naturally occurring virus is this a fungal infection is it magic is it uh hell run a wizard did it like like uh night of the living dead is literally demon hell spawn taking over bodies right and it's it's who's to say in in the walking dead it feels more physical and less supernatural but i don't know and you just gotta like whenever they're showing something you just gotta take it for what it is yeah i mean at this point i think i i can i can believe that the way it works is head cut off then they're still like technically alive Mm -hmm. but i guess since the brain is separate from the body the body is dead and the head isn't gonna like get up and attack you yeah the the thing that was bothering me about that is like okay if they're underwater they should just to operate the muscles in the body regardless of whether the head's still going you you need oxygen right Uh, so this thing needs to to either breathe or passively take it in from the environment and if you're underwater, it's just not happening. So that's not, that shouldn't be okay. But the, yeah, they should have had snorkels. <laughs> well, I, I guess I guess the bit is they're they can stay on shore a little bit in the water because they come out for air every once in a while. But right, uh, some of them looked like they were just staying in the water, which shouldn't be how it is. Right. I. I mm. <laughs> Now that you say it, like, it didn't really, I didn't think about it at the time, but I guess you're right. Yeah, I mean, they, they can't, they can't breathe underwater, and regardless of whether it's a brain operating a body, or, like, a, a parasite operating a brain operating a body, you do need the oxygen to have the body go. So, that, like, it's, I don't know, it seems more magic than physical right now, but whatever. <laughs> whatever just do it just do your thing uh so those the, the the brother and sister sam and greg they are trying to rob that duffel bag from michonne and pete but it might have been theirs to begin with we we just saw it when we showed up we don't know yeah uh, and then a completely different group of people show up led by someone who we will learn later is named randall yeah, again, they they throw a lot of characters at you. Yeah. And like it's it's fine, but yeah, at the time I was thinking uh, this, this is a lot to juggle. So, uh Randall's group assumes that you and Pete are with Sam and Greg and you four are all together. Uh even though you just met. Yeah. And I you're given a lot of opportunities later to tell Randall, or later you'll meet Randall's sister Nora, uh, or Zachary, who is like one of the underlings mm-hmm. of, of this group called Monroe. Uh, and you're given a lot of opportunities to just either tell the truth or lie about the situation you're in. And every single opportunity I was given. I was like, I do not care about Sam and Greg. I just met them. I'm throwing them under the bus now. <laughs> I, I'm telling them I met them earlier today, and I don't care if they live or die. I'm, 
<laughs> wow. I'm telling, I'm telling these people that just... I'm telling these people that have me at gunpoint that these other people that used to have me at gunpoint are not part of my thing. Right. Uh, and how, how did that play out? They do you? not believe me. Ooh. Every time I, I tell them, they're like, look, we sal you together. We know you're part of the same group. Yeah. And then Michonne uh, doesn't give me a second text option to say no for real though <laughs> <laughs> uh, no but seriously pinky promise yeah so i'm guessing See, based on your reaction you did not do that um so for a little bit i was for a little bit i was on the exact same page i was like look i'm telling the truth i we don't know these people but it's when they held greg at gunpoint yeah. where i was like Okay, I could see Michonne lying to save this kid, even though, like, she seems like, to me, she seemed like she would take the brunt of it for this kid. Like, if it were an adult, no, who cares? But, like, these, these are just kids, and Well, they're, they're like that, 16, 17. They're, they're older yeah, teenagers. Yeah, but... Right, but to her, she still considers them kids. Sure. She still says, like, sure. he's he's just a kid. So I could see her, especially since she lost her kids, I could see her uh, having a soft spot for the well-being of these younger characters, at least when things get that serious. Because, yeah, at first I was on, I was totally on the same track, but once they started playing hardball, especially since uh, Samantha was saying, like, look, they will kill people. They killed all those people on the ferry you were at. Mm-hmm. And these these are crazy people. That's when I was like, maybe I should start like trying to help these guys out because they are goners if I don't. Uh, Dustin, that's the trick. I don't I don't believe anyone. <laughs> <laughs> that's the trick. I don't like kids. Yeah, because uh, someone is someone or both people are probably lying here. Yeah, because the Monroe people say they weren't the people to massacre everyone in the ferry. Mm-hmm. Which I could believe is maybe true, but I don't currently. <laughs> I think they probably where did, did do that. <laughs> where did the lies end and the truth begins? I, I assume they did massacre everyone in the ferry. Their story about yeah. them being barbarians that were like trying to hurt them also. Maybe that's also true, but I do believe they were killed by Monroe. Yeah. Um, but also, Sam saying they didn't steal all the other duffel bags of goods from monroe i also don't believe i think she probably did yeah uh so both people are lying to each other i feel like they should just settle it i'm gonna leave with pete with nothing in my hands we're not taking anything i'm just (laughs) going yeah we just kind of got roped into this it's a crazy it's just a silly mix-up yeah uh (laughs) so uh at a certain point, I'm, I am skipping ahead a little bit just to make sure we can cover the whole episode. Um, right. Norma, who seems uh, Randall's maybe older sister, seems to be the, yeah. the leader of the whole community. Which, by the way, Monroe is this linked up system of uh, free floating docks and boats that are all just tied to each other. Uh, it's really cool. We haven't seen anything like that in Walking Dead so far. No, I yeah, I always love this... Uh, kind of a pirate aesthetic thing i think they do it in one of the pirate of the caribbean's movies yeah um, well also in uh monkey island 2 they the first uh wood tick is yeah. just made up of a bunch of pirate ships 
yeah pirates of the caribbean 2 uh i i had a a concept for one of these kinds of things for our D D game that we played but we ended up not going to that place oh that sucks that would have been cool yeah and i mean it would just happen in your head if we did that for D D. so you can probably just do that now I'll, I'll just imagine <laughs> what it would have been like yeah that's the thing with D D. like if you want to play you you are just wanting to do the <laughs> thing that you could do right now but with people yeah i'll rules. just change it in my i'll just change it in my head i'll be like oh no actually that did happen <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's essentially how that game works <laughs> you could say that about anything honestly uh but you go to the the top deck of one of these boats with norma and she interviews you and she's trying to get to the bottom of this uh you can play this interview completely straight but it's interesting because one of the first things that she asks you is uh when did you first meet sam uh-huh. Uh, who, as as a reminder, is the young girl who had you at gunpoint and then Monroe people assume is with you but was not. Uh, I yeah. told them the truth immediately. Of I did as just well. Just earlier that day. Uh, and the, the, the cool thing about that is instead of saying Norma will remember that or something along those lines in the top, it'll say uh-huh. you told the truth, but it seems unlikely. Yeah. Which, which is I got that as well. It's not a choice between deceit and truth. It's a choice between likeliness and unlikeliness. Yeah. I I thought this whole scene was really cool. This whole part, the interrogation. Yeah, it's pretty well done. Uh, They they ask a bunch of other uh, questions and I was just, I, I was giving them anything they wanted to ask about Greg and Sam. I was completely selling them out. But uh, anytime they asked about like, okay, so how many of them are you? Are there others of you and Pete? Uh, I I just chose the silence option. And she did, Norma did not like that. Mm, that. That's interesting. For that one, boy, that specific question really, I had, I was on the pause screen for like 10 minutes thinking of what to, how to answer. Yeah, because... Like earlier down in the hold, Sam was saying like, uh, don't t- if there's anyone you care about out there, do not tell them anything. And even just the question before she would uh, Norma was saying, if your friends you were looking for are out there, we'll find them and bring them back here. And I'm like, shit, I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's a good thing. Because it sounds like they could do that to the rest of our crew, too. And I don't think this is a place we all want to be. Yeah, we have our own boat. And it doesn't want to be eaten by a rat king of other boats. Yeah, and I I was just thinking about how, like, both the truth and a lie could go very wrong here in different ways. So I I really had to think about what to tell. I I, I told her a lot of the truth. Yeah, I, I, it's gonna bite me. It will bite me in the ass <laughs> later on. I'm sure. Yeah. So I told the truth for the first one, like you did, just saying, like, yeah, I don't know these people. Uh, we just, I, I have no idea who they are before we met earlier in the ferry. And then for when she asked how many more of us are there, I said, no one. It's just us. So did they believe you? That. Yeah, they just believed me. But it was it was another thing like that. It was, uh, she believes you, but it seems unlikely. Yeah, so, at one point she goes, why did you go to the ferry? And I told her straight up, and this is probably dumb because this was about my people. I told her, we found uh, a radio signal. I don't know. 
we've, we've I said that too. I, I also said that. And uh, yeah, and then she she brings up something like, oh, really? Okay, I, I believe you. So we're going to send some more people to the ferry and search all the other rooms and see if we can find anyone broadcasting a radio signal. If they need help, we'll we'll bring it, which yeah, seems Yeah, that's ominous. the one. That's, that's what made me think <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I better not tell her that we have other people or else that same thing will probably happen to them. I think they do a really good job of making you think about uh, if you want to tell the truth or not in like all of these and then and then she brings up Greg or uh Randall brings up Greg yeah to kind of cross-examine uh see if he's he gives the same answers as you do he does not he's just straight up lying and really fucking you over on this yeah because Randall Randall loves the idea that we and him are old friends. And Greg also apparently loves the idea. So <laughs> everyone yeah. is just on board saying, no, it's the four of us. And I felt so betrayed by these people I just met and was trying to throw under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were trying to do them a good service of really selling them out. And this is how they treat you. <laughs> yeah, I guess I deserve it. If you think about it in those terms. <laughs> Um, yeah, but that that's when I started. So he was lying, but that's when I I took the blame for him. Not the first the first time I was like, uh no, he's wrong, he's lying. And they just like beat the shit out of him. They just uh I forget if they punch him or if they pistol whip him, but he gets a blow to the face pretty hard. And then the next question they ask, uh I forget what the exact question was. I didn't write it down. Do you remember what it was? The second question they asked uh, him? Well, it's all the same Greg. questions, right? It's, it's just whatever they asked Michonne. Right. He asked, how many of them are you? And I said, it's just us. And he said, oh, there's tons of us uh, out there. And we're really strong, too. And that's when they had him at gunpoint. And that's when I was like, uh, actually, I lied about that. Uh, you don't need to... Uh, shoot him or anything that's interesting because because i was silent on that question when they brought greg up greg just said it's just us interesting yeah so 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 he said the same thing as you no because i didn't say anything oh right so he so i wonder if what he says depends on what you say before and i wonder if you don't say anything if they just pick one yeah because norma makes a point of saying like well, thank you, Greg. Your friend Michonne here got a black eye refusing to answer that question. Uh, <laughs> because she did. They they beat her up yeah. a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you want to so, play a game where your main character gets beaten up a lot, The Walking Dead Michonne might be the one for you. <laughs> yeah, if, if that's what you're really looking to get out of it. <laughs> um, if that's, yeah, if, you, if that's the reason you play video games... There's a video game for you. <laughs> but yeah, that that is very interesting how uh, how differently it played out. Because then, like I said, a after he said, yeah, there's tons of us. I said, yeah, I lied. He's right. Because he was just getting the shit beat out of him. I didn't want him to get the shit beat out of him more. And then that's when Randall uh, punches Michonne. Mm. Uh, yeah, I got beat up by Randall when i was on my own before they even brought greg up i'm starting to think randall's not like a very good guy he is 
a bit of a D-I-C-K, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I think so. I, I, I didn't want to say it, but... Uh, yeah. yeah, so we believe that he executed... Well, we know it he is executed not hard everyone to believe on the other that ship. he executed all those families on the ferry. Yeah, like, Sam says, like, including children, including the younglings on the Even ship. Even the Padawans? <laughs> yeah, so this guy, not, not like, your best friend here in this situation. Um, he's a crazy man. He he will kill whoever, it seems like. Yeah. Um... But it seems like the others are not, they don't condone Randall's behavior. Uh, yeah, Norma's like using Randall in this instance, but even w- she's like, "God damn it, Randall, you're taking it too far." Ah, oh, you, you little so and so, Randall. Yeah, which is ridiculous because like he's got Greg at gunpoint, and Norma's like, "This is fine." <laughs> yeah, but then he like smacks Greg, and Ra- Norma's like, "Randall, god damn it!" <laughs> Look, holding holding him at gunpoint is one thing, but smacking him, yeah, giving Come him a on. slap. <laughs> that hurts that, randall that hurts <laughs> uh so the episode culminates <laughs> with randall and zachary uh who is uh one of the just like one of the guys who keeps saying randall you're taking it too far <laughs> you're a loose you're cannon, a loose cannon. I, I want your badge on my desk now <laughs> uh it, it's randall and zachary take Greg and Sam and Michonne into Jonas's room. Now, Jonas is the doctor of Monroe. He's also uh, Zachary's boyfriend, it seems. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're taking him to to uh, his, like, combination bedroom, operating room, whatever, which has got to be gross. He should probably not sleep in the op- operating room. Yeah, get a different room. Uh, and... the. Randall asks Jonas to leave and gives his gun to Zachary and says, you know what, Zachary, you are not doing anything useful, <laughs> which which seems like <laughs> it seemed to me kind of out of nowhere. It was a weird, like sudden criticism of Randall to have for Zachary, but maybe it's just been bubbling under the surface and they've got their own <laughs> internal politics that we don't know about. Yeah, they got their own thing going on. But also up on the top deck, uh, during all the questioning, Zachary wasn't helping, but he was criticizing Randall for good reason. But I think that's probably part of it, where Zachary wasn't doing anything for the interrogation, but he was criticizing Randall's methods. So I feel like that's probably where it came from. Yeah, I can imagine Randall getting frustrated with it if Zachary (laughs) didn't have a great point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, I i could see him saying you know what i am so cross at this situation <laughs> uh so randall gives zachary his gun and i think the idea that randall has is like let's just get zachary in a place where he can be okay with interrogation yeah even though randall is rough and tumble and pretty shitty he's not expecting zachary to kill anyone but because zachary is so nervous he shoots greg in the chest Oh man! Uh, now that that all played out the same for you too, right? That's yeah, that's exactly what happened. I think that's constant. Then I think that that can't happen differently. 
So, um, before we get to Greg's death, can we rewind a bit to one of Greg's shining moments where uh, sure. he pissed his little pantaloons? He did piss his pants deck. during the interrogation. Yeah, and I get it. That's a situation that's pants pissing worthy, I think. I'm not going to judge him for it, but it is a funny thing to have in your Telltale game. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever peed to fear. Yeah, but... In my life. Uh, yeah, I've never been so scared that I've uh, pissed myself. Oh, I've had but every I feel emotion. like... is that a weird thing to say about yourself i'm pretty sure i've had every emotion i can have i've experienced the emotion rainbow um and i'm yeah i don't know p hasn't happened because of fear yeah i haven't experienced the p emotion yet p's happened because of tickles p has happened because i have to go to the bathroom oh that one's the most common yeah i think most people have done that way no when i was like in elementary school uh, because you're a child, pe- adults sometimes think it's un- okay to tickle you. Right. Uh, I'll pee. I peed my pants multiple times with people doing that, and I would yell oh, at them after, man. saying, "I told you not to do this." Yeah, that's their fault. Yeah, and they would always look like a deer in headlights when I would say that. <laughs> Boy, this it, it, it rivals the the narrative twists in a Telltale game. Yeah, after I was like nine or ten or so people stopped tickling me all the time because i was i was becoming a man (laughs) (laughs) but before that and i don't know it might still happen these days it hasn't i haven't been tickled in a while uh if someone just held me down and tickled i might still pee i who's i don't know i'm gonna have if if we ever meet up in real life someday i'll have to keep this in mind (laughs) no if you do this we are no longer friends that will end no that's what i'm saying i i know i'm saying (laughs) that's gonna be what ends it yeah Uh, no i was saying i was saying like i'll make sure not to tickle you were you going to because i don't are you a big tickler no well i would you so was it on the cards no but now i know definitely do not okay cool I wouldn't want you to piss your pants in public in front of people. No, me too. Yeah, no, no, we're on the same page on this. Yeah, I'm not into it. <laughs> and and the, the best part is I didn't think you were. No, me? Not into it. Not into pissing in front of people due to being tickled. Not even a little. I would hate <laughs> it. You, you know what? I have a feeling I would not be its biggest fan either. So, um, Greg is dying. Which, because he's bleeding yeah, out from whoops. his chest from the bullet wound, and you know you can't just let a dying person die. You gotta do extra stuff in this universe. Yeah, there's a couple extra steps. Um, and, <laughs> of course, Sam is, like, not playing it safe at all, which makes you, the player, very nervous, because you've seen a lot of these very quick turns, right? Yeah. Um... So, how did you do this? I tried to pull Sam off, and she got really mad about that. Um, I think I played it cool. I don't remember her getting, like, super mad, so... I wasn't getting mad, I... but I was like, hey, Sam, she's gonna turn. And then I, it, you can either say, I'm sorry, or for real, get off, or you can pull her off. And I was like, I'm just gonna pull her off, because this is not... I'm not playing around with this. I've seen this go wrong. <laughs> uh yeah yeah i don't i i don't think i pulled her off but i did say we look you gotta get off this guy because something not so great is gonna happen 
yeah, so he, he I, does turn, and then Sam is fine. Yeah. He doesn't even, like, yeah, get she's, up. Yeah, he he just doesn't feel like standing up and using any energy. He doesn't even try, honestly. I wonder if Sam can get bit in this scene, if you just yeah, let her stay I, there. I was thinking about that. I I wonder, just given, like, the preview of what happens in the next episode... Mm-hmm. Like it, it seemed like that could be the case. Yeah, it seems like, like Sam's maybe something be a else happens. Character. Yeah, so I was wondering that, but it didn't seem like it, especially if we both had the outcome where she doesn't. She seemed fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you gotta beat in Greg's face with a pipe. Yeah, you grab a pipe that <laughs> it's like screwed into the wall, and you just like yank it. I'll take that. It, it's it's one of the more cartoony aspects of this episode where Michonne's just looking around like you're in a boiler room and there's a loose unused pipe that's not important to anything somehow and you just <laughs> grab it and pull horizontally off the wall and you, it comes off. They place that specifically for you. Yeah, this is the extra pipe pipe. <laughs> you know, in case we need the extra pipe. No, steam doesn't go through here. This is just for pipe. Yeah, don't. This is just to have a pipe lying around. <laughs> uh, so you grab it, and then um, I don't know if you choose this or just have to. You do bash Greg's face in. I think you just have to to progress, but I'm not sure because I just went for it. Yeah, because I would have. I if I had the choice. Uh, oh, I guess you don't have the, your machete, do you? No, I, I. I'm pretty sure they took it away. That would make sense. Yeah, I would have just cut off the head. Um, but yeah, not not an option here. You have to bash this girl's brother's face all the way in. Uh, it is yeah, a bummer, boy. Yeah, it's funny how the machete chopping off the head would have been the less gruesome option. It's just clean. Yeah, and there's still a face afterwards. So this is the very end of the episode. Zachary comes back. He's, um, uh, I think. He drops his gun or something? Um, How's the gun? Oh, getting... Michonne, Michonne punches him. Oh, Michonne punches Zachary immediately. Zachary is not ready yeah. for this <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> uh, his gun flies out of his hand because he's like, what happened to Greg? As if he doesn't remember just shooting him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, has a sh- he has the memory of a goldfish. Yeah, he legit asks what happened to him. And Sam's like, you shot him. <laughs> uh, his gun flies away Sam gets the gun and then you can either choose to intervene or not and shoot Greg or sorry, use uh, Zachary's gun to shoot Zachary uh, Yeah, Sam will do it unless you step in I stepped in I also stepped in yeah I know we should have let well, her kill Zachary well, it just also just seemed like not a good idea unless she was unless she was specifically going to shoot him in the head to make sure he didn't become a walker. It's like we just had a situation. Well, I, I assume her, that she would shoot in the head at this point. It's like point blank yeah, range. Right. Um, but at the same time, I recognize that even though Zachary did shoot Greg, I, it didn't seem like he meant to. Because if I remember right, when he shot the gun... I, I remember hearing like a ricochet, like it hit the wall mm-hmm. or something and then hit Greg after. So maybe, maybe I'm just remembering the scene wrong, but it seemed like 
he didn't even, like, specifically shoot him. The bullet, like, ricocheted off something and hit Greg. Uh, no, he shot Greg. For me. Like... Inter... I, well, like I said, I might be remembering wrong, but I, I just remember hearing, like, a ricochet, like it bounced off the wall or something. Uh, I might I might need to rewatch it. Yeah, I'm. it might happen differently depending on, on how you react to it, but... Uh, yeah, I could also just be wrong. I could just be a silly, uh, silly Samuel. I was having Michonne tell Zachary, like, no, point the gun at Randall. You don't have to do this. You don't have to be weird. <laughs> uh, d- don't be weird Randall's about it, Zachary. Don't be weird. <laughs> yeah, don't be weird, weird. Zachary, shoot Randall. Uh, well, that's what I was saying. And I think he was like, so Fritz up. So he was, he was shaking. And then he just like yeah. sort of turned mm-hmm. more to the side where Greg was and did shoot. And it, I mean, it was point blank. She hit Greg straight in his chest without any kind of ricochet for me, at least. Um, but that, that was the end of the episode. I My thought was just Zachary was not ready to hold this gun. It was not his yeah. fault. This is Randall's <laughs> fault. Let's let's call yeah. it the fault of who it was. Exactly. Um, Zachary did not have the intention of killing Greg. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Sam does not see it that way in this moment. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, this is Randall's fault. Randall's the bad guy. So exactly. let, let's let's, again, not be weird about it. <laughs> yeah let's just be cool yeah the problem is that in wrestling the gun out of sam's hands zachary picks it up which seems like zachary you really should just give it back to me i just did you a solid that's <laughs> that's it's not fair for you to keep it but i understand why you want it uh yeah yeah so that's gonna that's gonna bite us in the butt because i i wonder if you can like Maybe try shooting your way out. It probably wouldn't work because the episodes need to be concise and kind of collapse into one narrative. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, maybe you you could be on the upper hand if you uh, keep the gun and just blast your way out. Shoot Norma, shoot Randall, see if society holds up without those two assholes and yeah. make your way out. What a so I I do agree with you that the episode maybe it it doesn't necessarily feel like I don't know what I'm trying to say I know at the beginning we were saying how it feels more like a setup episode than anything yeah but uh, well, I think like it does a good enough I, job I don't setting know it up. what I I have yet to understand what the uh, story is doing. And I don't think it's just because it's smaller or shorter that I feel that way. Because in a lot of the 400 Days episodes, I felt like, uh-huh. oh, these are very smart. Because I'm I'm getting a little... Each one of these vignettes feels impactful and has things for me to think about after I finish them. Yeah. Like thinking about the... Uh, remember the guy on the, the prison bus? That That's a forever thought. I agree. I agree. That is a forever thought. Or the uh, that was the guy who takes over the diner. Yeah, that was good. I'm ne- I never replayed Four Hundred Days on the definitive edition. I probably should go back and do that. Oh, not that it matters. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't matter at all. Past season two, yeah, I would doubt it. Even barely in season two. Yeah. <laughs> 
like they are there at uh at uh carver's camp but they don't need to be no no no. uh yeah so that's the episode that's the end of the episode it goes to it cuts to credits right after zachary picks up the gun or you kill zachary depending on what you did yeah we neither of us did do we have anything else we want to talk about um well we have our segments and we have our choices Sure, 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 sure. Um, but before we go, I mean, that's that's how we signal the show's ending. Should we do that? I think so. I don't really have anything specific. To, oh, they call the walkers. Uh, so Michonne yeah. <laughs> and Pete still call them walkers, mm-hmm. which which is a little silly, but fine. I'm used to that by now. But then the people on this ship call them rotters. Yeah, everyone's got a stupid name for them. And, I guess that yeah. is what they do. Um, I I wrote down that the UI for mashing a button and holding a button or pressing the button used to be a lot more intuitive. And mm-hmm. in this in in this game, it just they just show me like a picture of the X button, and I press it, and I'm like, did I do it? Was that just a press? And then it's still on the screen, and I'm like, oh, okay, I need to keep pressing. It's a mash thing. And sometimes I'll realize too late because there's like the the mash indication doesn't show up until I start to mash. Right. Um, So I I actually died twice just because I didn't realize it was a mash. Uh, So, yeah, that that never happened to me. I never died. But that did happen to me once where I was supposed to mash and just wasn't. But luckily I mashed well enough afterwards to survive. Yeah, I don't remember how they indicated a mash previously but um it's gone now however they used to do it which yeah. is a which is a downward step this that that is worse yeah it, it's so funny how it it i i can't remember either what the indication was for mashing it just but works. it just yeah it, it was just intuitive enough that i knew yeah I'm interested to maybe I'll look up a, a season two video just to see what the mashing looked like, because um, I, I really don't remember how they conveyed that information, but it was yeah. obvious. It's it's just something you don't think about. So you don't remember it now because it was just so obvious at the time. Yeah, I, I also I think my my um, my lasting thought on playing as Michonne Mm-hmm. Is that I think it's it's probably just because I don't have the background with the comic, but I really don't know how to roleplay Michonne. Uh, in the same way that I I knew instantly with Lee, it's like okay, I'm making the choices for Lee. However, my Lee is is how we're gonna go with it, and then right. I'm making a decision up front with who I think this person is, and then I'm doing it. And then with Clementine, I'm like, okay, well, I'm basing it off the season I just saw her grow up during, so I know kind of what she's all about. Uh, mm-hmm. With Michonne, I felt more like there was a bunch of right and wrong answers, not in the same way that we talked about that concept with New Tales from the Borderlands, but it was more like um, when you're with Pete on the rowboat out to the ferry. Pete's kind of flirty right. with you. Um, not like heavily flirty, but just sort of like, Hey, I'm glad I found you when I did. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> right. And I I was genuinely taken aback a little bit, wondering how I'm supposed to feel as Michonne. Like, 
could Michonne flirt? Is that the kind of person or is she more stoic than that? I don't I don't know yet. I I feel like right. I, I should have been given one or two more things about Michonne just because, yeah, I didn't read the comic. Um I I would I would like to have seen a uh maybe any kind of flashback of her doing a normal thing just to build off the rest of it. Who is she? What does a normal Michonne moment look like? Right. I, I can definitely see that. Um, I kind of felt the same. I feel like by the end, I kind of got a good grasp on her a little bit, um, or at least my interpretation of her. Um, in in that boat scene, uh, the way I played her was, I kind of had her flirt back, but in a way where, uh, like, she's not super like it i guess in a different way from lee who like we both kind of played lee as the boy scout the kind of yeah like he he had some levity to him he he was nice to people with her i wanted to play her at least with pete because uh, it to me it felt like her and pete kind of had like i felt like they had some good chemistry together and she was like at least a little less cold to him so it it I played her in a way where she was like kind of flirting back with him, but in a way where you can tell like she's not like a happy person. She's not in a good spot, but she's able to kind of open up a little bit to this person who uh Yeah. Kind kind of saved her life. And so but like when talking with these people on this ship, she she's not gonna like be nice to these people she's not gonna she can be tougher with these people she doesn't know and she's she doesn't trust um but i did kind of have her lighten up a little bit with uh samantha and greg Mm -hmm. uh just just because i did get that feeling like maybe she has that soft spot for kids due to her kids that she lost so i i do like that um you can kind of play it a little loosey goosey and feel it out a little bit, but I I do also agree that they don't make it, it. It's not obvious the character she is yet. Yeah, I. So Pete asks about his beard at that at yeah. one point. It's sort of out of nowhere. Oh, was he asking about the beard? I thought he was asking about the earring. Oh, I maybe combination. I don't know. I thought it was the beard. Yeah, because he says, uh, Oak says it makes him look like a pirate. Yeah, that could be either one. That could be the earring or the beard. Yeah. I assume he Both did are not pirate. pierce his ear in the apocalypse. I, <laughs> yeah, I guess that would make sense, too. Maybe, though. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'm always going to back up a beard. I'm a bearded gentleman. I'm going to support that decision. Right. Beards are good. Uh, so I, I had Michonne say, no, it looks good. But then I realized, oh, I just flirted. I guess I made that choice now. That's who I am. Uh, <laughs> I, I've locked in who <laughs> I assume Michonne is. Yeah, and I, I I do feel like there's kind of a benefit to that, uh, being able to kind of just feel her out as the episode goes. Mm-hmm. But it is a little weird when you have an established character that you're just not familiar with. Yeah, because, like, you can choose who Lee and Clementine are, and you can choose who Reese and Fiona are. Bigby Wolf is a character in the comics that you kind of already 
know the personality of but in that game it's much less about choosing your personality more about just how do you do this thing how do you solve this case yeah uh in this one this is the first uh telltale directed walking dead style game i think new tales did it a little bit but this is the first one where michonne really is a pre-existing character uh yeah and you have to you you probably should just role player in the way the comics are but i yeah i as people who don't know i'm i'm making a lot of guesses uh mm-hmm. she to me she seemed cold she seemed like a person yeah. who would be very cold she's seen a lot of shit she's very uh adept in combat but she's not like uh bubbly or or happy or anything so when norma compliments michonne's name saying ah i wanted to be i wrote it down <laughs> i always wanted to be a veronica or a gwendolyn <laughs> but i'm just norma uh there's an option for michonne i'm just norma <laughs> there's an option for michonne to say norma's a good name and i knew i'm not gonna pick that michonne is not Nuh-uh. that happy <laughs> about this about situation. anything that's not the kind of person she is Right. Yeah. I played her similarly. I also think she's cold and seen some shit, but I feel like she does have kind of a soft core inside you can get to. Mm-hmm. And it's rare, but uh, it comes out every so often. Maybe that's just because I don't want, I don't necessarily want to play as like a completely yeah. cold, closed off character. It, it gives you some sort of warmth you can grasp onto. Well, my feelings about it were, were kind of like with Pete and Oak, I'm fine being a little warmer because those are her friends. She trusts them. Yeah. They are on her side. With yeah. uh, with Sam and Greg, no. Not even. <laughs> she just met them. Maybe she'll help them, but like she's not going to be cool to them. I don't think so. Right. And I I do think that's kind of where I landed just because I only started softening up on them once Greg started actually like getting hurt. Mm -hmm. That's when I had Michonne be more like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see going forward because I unless they do something to make me feel different, I kind of feel like I will continue to be like, hey, Sam, it was really a bummer that your brother died. I do not want to get caught for you stealing this shit from these people. I'm not part of this. I'm still not going <laughs> to like be cool with you. <laughs> uh, I'll help you. I'll help you as much as I can help myself, but I'm not going to take a bullet for you or anything. Right. Yeah. And that's fair. I, I get that. I, th- I think that's a good place to be. Okay. I think that's... I think that's where uh, my notes end. Oh, except for Greg's voice. Greg's voice sounded really uh, familiar to me. So I was wondering if I've heard it before. Looked it up. Greg is played by Boo Boo Stewart. <laughs> Who's that? I, I don't know. I like looked him so, up. And so he's... he just sounded familiar but wasn't. Yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's been in, he's been in a, a lot of name. stuff. He's been in uh, some of the Twilight movies, but I have not seen those. So I don't think I would have recognized him from right. anything he's done in particular. Who I thought it was, uh, and, and looking at a picture of this guy, it's very funny that I thought it was him because they're very different looking people. Uh, do you got? Do you remember? Have you seen The Office? All The Office? Not a lot. Uh, there's a character in the last couple seasons who goes by Dwight Jr. Uh, and whose real name I think is Clark. Uh, uh-huh. And that that actor is in a lot of sort of like 
uh 2000s era comedy like raunchier comedy movies right. i thought it was him so you th- but it you thought it was dwight jr but it was instead boo boo stewart so i really didn't <laughs> make it i'm Dude. sorry for laughing at that name that's rude i mean he he almost definitely chose it himself right I I don't know. It's possible a parent named him Boo Boo. It is possible. I, I guess it's... I don't want to make fun of that, but it just reminds me of from Yogi Bear. Yeah. Well, I hope that Greg's eating all those picnic baskets in the sky. <laughs> uh, should we go into our segments? Let's go into these segments. Which one do you want to do first? Which segment? We got a golden moment. We got a choice cut. We got a weekly guy. Um, well, I have Weekly Guy down first in my notes. Okay. That's usually the first one I go for. Let's do it. Um, my answer's boring. It's just Michonne. I feel like they did a good job of... Se- I feel like they did a really good job of selling her as someone who can take care of herself, but you mm-hmm. really feel that she that some fucked up shit happened in her life and she is not a happy person at this point. Like, I, y- you feel for her. You understand what happened to her yeah. and you get why she's the way she is. I think they did a good job of selling her, making her a compelling character, even though we were just talking about how we weren't quite sure how to play her yet. I still got the gist of who she was. So she was tempting for me, but because of that reason we talked about, she didn't quite make it to my weekly guy. Right. uh, I get that. Close. I mean, she is great. And I I think the, the thing they're doing with the hallucinations of her seeing her kids, her dead kids just in, in places and their toys in places uh, it is working. I think that it's unsettling and, and, and scary and off-putting, but in a way that feels earned, which is basically all yeah. you can ask for. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that about her. Uh, but no, my weekly guy is going to Zachary. Ooh. <laughs> he was so scared in this episode. He was very scared. And I, th- I think that um, you see this a lot on the in team of whoever we're following of this character who's like i know what i need to do and it's bad and maybe a little evil but we need to do it in order to survive you see that a lot you don't see it a lot on the out team in in the like the bad guy faction so far like carver's people right uh a lot of them have just been either loyal to carver or just bad in other ways, or they defect to be good. And I, I think seeing this character of Zachary is like, I, I'm loyal to Monroe, but like, boy, do I think Randall is doing something wrong here, and I'm not going to be cool uh, with this gun. I really can't handle it. I'm telling you in advance I can't handle it, and then he's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's I told a cool you. character. I told you. <laughs> you can't get mad at me yeah, for this. I, I get- told you. <laughs> I definitely get that. I think that's a that's a great choice. Um I also we didn't see him a lot in the episode, but I also uh thought Pete was just a nice guy. Like m- maybe yeah. maybe not super interesting at this point. Like we don't get a whole lot about him, but like I liked him and uh Michonne talking in the boat. Mhm. I, I got a sense of this is someone that Michonne seems like someone who does not have a lot of friends. And this is someone she considers a friend. Yeah. And he's he's very much in denial about the other two people he's looking for being probably yeah. very dead at this point. He, he's very hopeful. Uh, definitely too hopeful in a way that is humanizing and interesting to think about as a character. Uh, but yeah, he didn't quite come out of his shell yet. I'm expecting big things from Pete. 
yeah. expecting big yeah. things. He's going to die immediately. I don't know. <laughs> like, as soon as the next episode starts, he trips on a banana peel. <laughs> yeah. As soon as the next episode starts, Randall has killed Pete just because he needed to get it out of his <laughs> system or something. Yeah, off off screen even. Yeah. He beat me in a game of chess and he has to die for that. And and so you, you find out that he died when you just have to kind of step over his corpse. <laughs> Michonne's like, oh. Man. Oh, that sucks. Uh, Shoot. So my weekly guy, Zachary, yours is Michonne. I think those are good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I always feel a little bad when I just default to the character we get the most time with, but I do think they get did a good job with it. No, I mean, if if it deserves it, if that's the good, best character. Yeah. I think that um, a lot of the time when you're playing a Japanese role-playing game, a, a traditional JRPG, uh your main character can be underdone so when a main character is written well uh i think it stands out a lot when especially when a main yeah. character is mostly just the vessel for the player's choices and the player's agency uh that, right. that's a difficult thing to write so i other other games too like yeah. i know this is like comparing apples and oranges but uh I don't know anyone whose favorite character in the Mario series is Mario himself, just because, like, he's meant to be a blank slate for the character. But, like, that means if I'm playing Mario Kart, I'm going to pick someone else entirely. Yeah, yeah. It, I'm going to pick Or, or even, even a series like Ratchet and Clank, which does have more focus on writing and character... I feel like Ratchet is a pretty boring main character compared to everyone else. It it it's main character syndrome where like all the other characters get to like be more dynamic and uh while the main character has to be more balanced for that exact reason. Mm-hmm. So it's cool when a main character gets to make an impression. I I I think I'm a little uh atypical in that way because a lot of my favorite characters are main characters in things. It depends on the thing. Like, I think Mario is a very easy one to say. No, it's clearly got to be something else. Uh, Yeah. But, like, my my favorite character in Banjo-Kazooie is Banjo. Uh, That's true. I do do love both Banjo and Kazooie. Yeah, like, I would say that's an example of a game where the main characters are given good personalities you can latch onto and really enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just a pretty common occurrence to get, like... Okay, this main this main character has to be very balanced. We you know, it's he has to appeal to everyone. So we'll just have them be not too far in any one direction. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't always happen. Like Banjo-Kazooie is a good example, but I feel like it happens enough that main character syndrome is a is a term. Yeah, I think Link is probably a very uncommon favorite character in any Zelda game. Yeah, I don't give a shit about Link. Very rarely. I like him in Wind Waker just because they do a good job of making him emote a lot. Yeah, is that just the art style, though, or do you like the character? Yeah, well, probably. But it does give you something to latch onto, though. He's still, like, not my favorite character in Wind Waker, but he is probably the Link that I like the most. I mean, I like the character design of Link in in almost every Zelda game. But there's... Yeah, there's probably someone else that is more yeah likable i'm just saying wind waker is like the one time where you can grasp onto something with i think the part of the lasting appeal of final fantasy 7 is the dual purpose cloud has as a very very good player insert character who's just like you can just imagine yourself being cloud and that totally works 
but also Cloud right. is his own character with his own past that is very interesting in its own right in in mm-hmm. uh, to be held up and compared with any other party member or any other uh, like NPC in the game. Cloud is a pretty interesting character, uh, and, yeah, and part it, of that holds the story up very high. Yeah, and I don't want to say it's easy to make a compelling main character. Like, obvi- apparently, it's not an easy thing to do. So I applaud whenever they can really make one that stands out alongside the other characters. Yeah, I think Lee and Clementine are the best characters in those games. Uh, yeah, but definitely. I also think Telltale Wallace in general can, can eat a. <laughs> Eat a brick, Wallace. Become. Brick I'm not food. on the. I'm. I'm not on the Wallace hate train, but I think it's. <laughs> I think it's funny that he's kind of become your your nemesis in this podcast. Well, it's interesting because before like... we replayed this game, I loved Wallace, <laughs> but every, everything that we <laughs> that... ran into in the game is like, oh, God, this motherfucker. <laughs> that game really painted your opinion of Wallace in a different way. Yeah, even though I had played that game through all the way to the end before <laughs> it was my second time playing it but this time i really disliked wallace more and more i love it i'm i'm the kind of person who'd be like look wallace i'm i'm on your side here man but this guy you're gonna have you're <laughs> probably gonna have to step it up to convince him wallace just talk to her <laughs> come on tell for her God's, you didn't tell mean her. to propose avoid the shenanigans just tell her there's do a th- it Tell her there's a thing on her chest you can't look down at and you're stammering. No, it's on your boobs. No, it's just, it's yeah, just sorry. on it. Sorry. Yeah, you, sorry you might want to take a, care of it. a little rude about it, but that is, if you just look down, you'll see it. Yeah, I'm I'm looking out for your best interest by helping so, so you don't get unwanted stares from other people. Indulging um, in your own nervousness, Wallace, is selfish to a fault. It puts <laughs> your comfortability <laughs> over other people's <laughs> livelihoods. <laughs> and I love that this is coming out on the Michonne episode. <laughs> the, the hate for Wallace. <laughs> uh, oh, choice cut. Man. Uh, my my choice cut is <laughs> the the various choices you can make in the interview or the interrogation with Norma that are yeah. true, but she just won't believe for good reason. I I think that's uh, a very well done yeah piece of game design right there. Mine too, like I said, I had to pause it for like 10 minutes thinking about like what would be the best choice to make here. It really did put me in a spot where I had to think about it. Uh, Michonne would not have a pause button in this situation. No, I don't know what I would do. So, I, don't, I don't think I would do well. I would probably just be like, uh, um. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, very well done scene. Uh, that's also my choice cut. Cool. Golden moment. Uh, I wrote down my golden moment shortly after playing it, and I think I was just in the throes of having just done it. I don't know if I'd still say this, but I, I, I'll, I'll log it in just because it's what I have okay. written down. Greg's death, the way that um, they have to deal with Greg's death, the uh, emotional resonance of it all, the ramp up to that moment of stress felt very right. believable. Uh, mm-hmm. See, I, yeah. I, 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 I... I I agree it was done well, but I don't know if I can give it my golden moment just because we've seen that before, which which is fine. You know, I'm not saying they can't ever do that again, but like I just remember back to like Lily and Larry in the in the meat locker. Yeah, I think um, part of it that I think is lending it some goodwill this time is just how uh, conflicted Zachary was leading into it, and it it right. not like. 
it's it's not the Michonne having to kill Greg part. It's just the wow, the this whole interrogation situation. did not go well for Zachary part. <laughs> this could have gone better. Yeah. He shot someone. Yeah. That's a good pick. Um so mine is just this little moment in uh so it's when Michonne and Samantha are locked up down below in the ship hold and you're just kind of looking around and I was just, I could not find anything. I was like, okay, so I guess I'm supposed to look for something sharp to break out here. They kind of telegraph that that's what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So I was looking around, just couldn't find anything. And then the, the toys pop up. I don't think the toys are there like right away. It takes a little bit for them to appear. That alone is like a cool choice like once the stress is building up uh the these hallucinations start flaring up and she sees these toys that's one thing but then i was still just kind of looking around i was like oh shit i i can't uh find what i'm looking for and then if you turn to the right you just catch a glimpse of yeah. her daughters and i was like whoa holy shit that caught me by surprise uh i like that that was just a, a really cool moment in terms of like uh you're looking around the room for something sharp and there isn't anything. Yeah. Very unvideo game like. You It makes you feel pretty helpless in that situation. Yeah, there actually isn't anything around that you can use. That's not common in a game. Yeah. If if it's time to uh use some stuff, it should be around and and that yeah. Especially in this it's, kind of it's... thing. It telegraphs strongly that you'll find a knife or something and you just don't. You find other terrible hallucinations <laughs> yeah it's interesting how at the time while actually playing it like it was just kind of frustrating i was like shit am i just like missing something where it's got to be here somewhere and then it turned out there just wasn't and in retrospect i think it's great you know um, what i think it's a very cool situation i would like to change my golden moment to your golden moment oh you sold me I, you sold I me on convincing. it it was a really good one yeah, nice, cool. Yeah, I I just thought it was great, that whole... Uh, well, it's funny, I was just talking about that part where you see her daughters. You actually convinced me to like that whole scene mm. for, for what you said about not just being so helpless in that scene. Uh, that's great, too. I didn't even think about that when playing it at the time. Uh, yeah, that's great. Hmm. We help each other to hmm. like things. That's this podcast's whole vibe. Yeah, I. you know what? That's a good way to sell it. <laughs> well, you can catch more of that vibe next week when we talk about The Walking Dead Michonne, episode two. Until then, be really nice and then die. Yeah, uh, I guess that's what happened to Greg. Is that is that the end of our show forever? Be really nice and then die? <laughs> I feel like there's something in it that is nice, but it's like, I don't want you to die before the next episode. I don't want anyone to die, Well, no, they honestly, will. That's unless... part of life. You can't get on board or get not on board, bud. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, I, like, my thought is... I don't want to encourage it, though. Well, I, I want that to be the audience's move for the rest of their life. But I'm saying it as if I want you to contain it in the week between episodes. <laughs> Um, your, your life goal should be re be very nice and then die. I think that's good. The the it doesn't need to happen now. Is the trick? Yeah, yeah. Don't you don't need to die right now is the thing. But uh, when when you eventually die, 
Uh, I hope you were nice beforehand. Can we workshop it a little bit? How can I? How can I uh, make that more apparent that I'm not telling you to die between episodes? Um, maybe the new sign off can be "Have a great summer." <laughs> uh, have a. <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> that sucks in such a like a specific way. <laughs> Until next time, have a great summer. <laughs> have a great summer. <laughs> <laughs>